Welcome to the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast, where we try to give a refreshingly candid take on the long-term fantasy value of football players throughout their college and NFL careers. For all you Devi League, Campus to Canton, Dynasty Fantasy football managers, we're just two friends who spend all of our time talking fantasy anyways. We figured, why not grab a few mics and capture our conversations? It's your boys Josh and Jell, talking fantasy football and current events in our lives. It's time for the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Welcome back into the Dead Arm Dynasty podcast. Got your boys Josh and Jell coming at you today to preview some week 14 games. It's the last week uh, before the regular season is done for most leagues, so it is down to crunch time. I don't know about you, Jell. I have three out of my four leagues wrapped up. I got playoffs locked, so I'm kind of cruising in just seeing if I can get some buys, but I am uh, right on the cusp in our league of record to either getting a buy in the uh, shit <laughs> playoffs or else getting into the original or the main playoffs, I guess, that you've got the one seed locked up. But, yeah, it's, it's One seed's time. locked in for our league of record, so I'm feeling feeling real good right now. Oh, yeah. My running back situation is uh, still definitely very up in the air given uh, the Derrick Henry injury. Yes. So I'm still still working on a, a solid fill-in for my for one of my running back slots, but I've been I've been making it work with a number of different guys. Whether it was, you know, uh, Hilliard, the new Tennessee, who appears to be the new Tennessee starter, uh, two weeks ago. Last week got some solid work out of Sony Michel. So just trying to trying to plug away here. But thankfully, my QB slot, I've I'm obviously set with Kyler. Got four good rece- wide receivers. For my, you know, wide receiver one and two, and then my two flex spots, and I've got George Kittle at tight end, so I'm feeling okay, even if I've got a mix and match for that second running back spot. Yeah, no, you've been hitting the waivers hard every Wednesday when I Big wake time. up. It's uh, like it's like at least <laughs> <laughs> there were there were weeks where I was making like five transactions, trying to just you know fish for that maybe you know find that one little hidden gem in there for a for a running back. Yeah, got to do what you got to do. That's uh, for sure. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Send us any reviews, questions, comments, concerns you have. If you write us a review, screenshot that. Send us to us via DM. We'll get some sticker swag sent out to you. I can be found at JPECDAS. That's at J-P-E-C-D-A-S. Gel can be found at DASGEL. And again, send us any uh, questions that you have, fantasy-related, not fantasy-related. It can be just sports stuff in general that you want us to talk about on our podcast that comes out earlier in the week on Monday and Tuesdays where it's just general sports talk and not so much fantasy. But, yeah, send us any questions you have. We love answering those. Even if you got a little, even if you got a little trash talk, you want to, you need to throw our way. If yeah, you think we're, if you think we're completely whiffing on uh, something that we talked about, want to shove that in our face, you know, bring that on too, and and we'll, uh, we'll, we can go over, we can uh, get into little, little, little discussion there too. Yeah, Jell's takes uh, screwed you out of a fantasy position. We want to know about that and uh, let us. Wouldn't let be us the hear first it. time. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what, uh, what you got to drink today, Jell? I am still working on a little bit of yingling action. Nice. So always, always a solid, uh, always a solid lager. Yes, absolutely. Still have some of those chilling in my fridge as well. I am not America's oldest brewery according to their cans. So (laughs) gotta, you know, pay tribute. Yes. I am not on the beer train today. I also put away the Baileys for the day, and I have moved on to bigger and better things and uh, <laughs> drinking yeah. some Four Roses single barrel bourbon. So, get her. Yeah, we'll see I love how it. Uh, we're coming to you on Wednesday, December 8th. So, this episode will release on Thursday. More than likely, we'll have an episode for Friday. So, we'll see how that uh, Friday recording looks after I've had a couple bourbons. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what that advice looks like. Oh, I'm into it. Nice. All right, yeah, without further ado, there is a full legal pad of NFL injury and news that I'm going to throw at you again. It is Wednesday, so we're giving you what information we have at this time. Jell, feel free to hop in with anything I say if you have any further comments on it. We'll get into the Monday night breakdown, New England at Buffalo. Damian Harris has a hamstring injury. However, the good news is he is on bye this week, so... We'll see what that looks like next week once they start practicing again, see if he is going to miss any time. Yeah, make sure uh, if you have Ramondre Stevenson in your lineup going into this week, shout out to Ricky, uh, make sure make sure you pull him out of your lineups. 
Yes. Inside yeah. joke there. Yes. Inside joke. We can maybe elaborate that a little bit later on. <laughs> Elijah Moore has a quad injury. He's considered day-to-day at this point in time, so definitely keep an eye on that because his teammate, Corey Davis, is having core muscle surgery and is out for the rest of the season. So if Elijah Moore can't go, that definitely gives Jameson Crowder a boost, I would think. So I'd, he might be somebody worth if you need to – Plug and play somebody for the week. Definitely keep an eye on his status. Tevin Coleman is in concussion protocol, so take that with what you will. J.D. McKissick returned to practice on Wednesday. Logan Thomas, IR, season is over. So that was a huge hit to one of my teams where I've been plugging in Logan Thomas. And again, I've touched on it a couple episodes in a row. He had a fantastic playoff schedule, so it's... Definitely little little, little bit of a heartbreaker there, yes. and and I you know I, going to back to our preseason predictions, at least I had thought, and I'd gotten uh, our pre uh, I've got I'd gotten Ricky back on the train as thinking he could end up being as you know finishing as the number one tight end in the in the NFC East, and he's just been he he has been battling injuries all season long, and it looked like he was finally back until he ended up with that ACL and MCL this this past game. So really unfortunate season for any, anybody that drafted LT. Yeah. Outside the original of, LT <laughs> outside of Antonio Gibson, these last couple of weeks, it's been tough sledding for anybody fantasy relevant in Washington. That is for sure. Elijah Mitchell is still in concussion protocol. Did not practice on Wednesday. Also, before we jumped on here to record, I saw on the Twitter sphere that he did also have an MRI done on his knee, and there is some sort of irritation oh, there. So wait. definitely keep an eye on that. Jeff Wilson is pretty banged up as well to his knee that he had surgically <laughs> repaired. So Damn. It, yeah, Trey it, Sermon's on IR, so it could be a heavy dose of Jermichael Hasty. So if he's out there, it might be worth a speculative ad. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both on the COVID list. I believe, I don't know the status of Mike Williams, but I believe I heard Keenan Allen is vaxxed, so he just needs to have two tests within and, 48 and hours. And test positive uh, yes. yesterday. Mike Williams tested positive today. Yep. So at least Keenan also has the 24 hours yeah. additional time that Mike Williams does. Yeah, which again, I would expect them probably to be without Keenan. We really haven't seen any players so far this season be able to clear both of those negative tests within that time frame. So I, I'd say it's an uphill battle for him. Darren Waller's now day-to-day, which is good. He was week-to-week last week, so hopefully he is back. <laughs> That's an improvement. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> hopefully next update we get he's hour-to-hour. <laughs> <laughs> Julio Jones is designated to return to IR. That'll be a huge boost if he's healthy. Return from IR, not returning to IR. Return from, yes, sorry. His 21-day window is open, so keep an eye on his status. Kenyon Drake broke his ankle. He is out for the season, so we will not see him anymore. Peyton Barber is the backup there, so I'd... I don't know that Peyton Barber is really worth an ad. I think it's just more if you have Josh Jacobs, you're excited that he's going to be getting quite a bit more work. Yeah, I got I got nothing good to say about Peyton Barber <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Do you have anything good to say about Jake Fromm? Because it's looking like he is going to be starting for the Giants on Sunday. I do not either for him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Fields was medically cleared. He will be starting on Sunday night in tough battle against the Packers, his first trip to Lambeau. So we'll see how that shakes Lambeau out. Lambeau Field. <laughs> Gosh, NFL films. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Adam Thielen has been ruled out for Thursday night. No surprise there. Had a high ankle sprain, so we weren't expecting him at all on a short week. Joe Mixon sitting out today due to an illness. It is not COVID-related, so hopefully he shakes that off or doesn't because I'm going up against him in a couple leagues. So. No, I'll serious is, aside. dark, no, man. No, I know. No, <laughs> I wish full health. I have him in another league, so no, I'm just just joking. Jair Alexander. Just joshing, if just you Just joshing, yep. <laughs> Jair Alexander activated off of IR, so like Julio, his 21-day window is open now to have them activate him. DeAndre Swift. Huge, that's a that's a huge boost for the Packers defense. I I mean, that the secondary has been has surprisingly held up well. I mean, you've got... With uh, uh, Rasul 
Butler, no, Rasul Douglas, Rasul Butler was an NBA player back in like 04. Rasul Douglas has been playing really well all season, kind of as that, as that uh, one of those outside corners. So if he can maintain his play and then you got Jair on the other side rather than balls, ass, dick, douchebag, fucking Kevin King, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for for teams to you know get any any pass yards at least to the outside on the pack. So we'll see. Can you tell but, the listeners how you really feel about Kevin? King? <laughs> I'm just I will never get over the fact that they traded Packers traded down three spots with the Steelers ended up taking Kevin King over and they could have had TJ Watt. Yeah. It's never gonna. Never going to be able to get over that. Yep. DeAndre Swift, according to Dan Campbell, his shoulder is improving, so we'll keep an eye on his status. Otherwise, it'll be Jamal Williams again going for the Lions. Mark Ingram tested positive for COVID, so he is likely to be out this week. Good news is Alvin Kamara returned to practice today, so they're hoping to have him back for week 14, which it sounds like he should be on pace to play. Aaron Rodgers did not practice on Wednesday with the toe injury, but it's kind of been status quo for him the last couple weeks. More, I'd say, of a veteran rest day to help his ailing toe. So nothing to worry about there. I'm sure he'll light up the Bears again this weekend, as usual. Melvin Gordon returned hey, to practice. Hey, he says he owns them. Yeah. So. <laughs> I also saw in that his quotes was he grew up uh, cheering for the Cubs and Bulls. So that was also interesting. God, he's so he's such a fraud. He grew up out in California, so Niners, Bulls, and Cubs, I guess, are his teams. Yeah, I, and, <laughs> I don't know. That guy's yes. that guy's impossible to figure out. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure that he won't appreciate this because he's probably listening. But uh, you know, yeah, well, probably won't appreciate the criticism. We, we invite you on, Aaron. You can explain that to us in on the pod. Be our first <laughs> guest. <laughs> Melvin Gordon returned to practice, so not ideal for Javante Williams. But after his game, I I think you're going to see more of a Javante Williams workload. The Javante show, I hope, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that in the breakdown. Otherwise, Kadarius Tony, Kellen, Tony Baloney, Kenny Galladay working on the side. Only one of those actually interests me is if Kenny Galladay goes. I'll get into that when I discuss the Giants matchup, but I, out on Kenny Galladay. Debo Samuel did not practice on Wednesday. Kyle Shanahan's hopeful that he can play on Sunday, but I I had to go off my gut right now. I think he's out another week. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big deal for the Niners considering they're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, right now they do have one if the playoffs started today, but they're certainly not locked in, so No. I don't know. It it'll be interesting to see if they force him in. David Montgomery did not practice today, so that's something to keep Monty in mind. Monty Python. On. Yeah. Allen Robinson was back at practice in a limited fashion, though, so not that you're starting him, but at least it's somebody else out there. (laughs) (laughs) Then James Robinson was limited on Wednesday as well for the Jags. Two pieces of news we wanted to discuss a little bit more in depth. Jamal Adams was put on IR ending his season, and man, I think the Jets are just kind of smiling and laughing on the inside that they got as much as they did for him from Seattle because he's been just pretty much a huge bust and disappointment for the Seahawks. Two firsts, a third, and a safety for Jamal Adams, who can't even play safety. Like, (laughs) I don't know. The Seahawks, they they were... what the Seahawks were doing and what had worked for them in the past was being aggressive. You know, they when they went and traded for uh, that left tackle from the Texans, uh, I forget the name, but he was, you know, he was a ball. Dwayne Brown uh, from the Texans traded for him. Aggressive move worked out. And they'd missed on so many previous first rounders. I mean, look at Rashad Penny. He was supposed to be the new, you know, the fill-in for Marshawn Lynch as a first-round pick absolute whiff so it's not i i guess from the from seattle's perspective at the time they're thinking shit we can't we can't even land a first round pick we can't even hit on one or we straight up can't develop them and so i'm sure they're thinking at the time was let's be aggressive we think that jamal adams could be the new earl thomas new cam chancellor type of a player but cam chancellor was basically the size of a linebacker with ball skills so he was a lot more durable. This Jamal Adams injury is a shoulder. It's what you get when you've got a smaller player who's as, you know, 
attacking at the ball as he is. And then Earl Thomas had insane ball skills, which Jamal Adams has zero skill, zero ball hawk skills. So this was a complete whiff by the Seahawks. And yeah, like you said, the Jets have to just be, you know, sitting there smiling, thinking, holy hell, this is why we're going to have two top 10 picks this year because of our own incompetence, but also the incompetence <laughs> of the Seahawks. Right. So they have, and, and again, plus a third. So the Jets are going to have two thirds or, you know, an additional third. And then they they ended up with a safety who I don't know if he ended up starting for the Jets, but at least it's another, you know, it's, it's another guy that you can plug in on your roster. It's a complete win by the Jets. And I don't know, the Seahawks, I've, they, I feel like they at this point have to just kind of. I don't. I don't ever. I don't. I'm not into the business of encouraging teams to blow it up because it generally takes so long for you to rebuild a team. But they have clearly this season. They don't have nearly enough to compete, especially in that division. And they don't have any picks to at least as of right now to rebuild it. So do you run it back for another year and, and cross your fingers and hope that Arizona falls off and that San Fran isn't going to continue to be any good and that the Rams, <laughs> I mean, none of those three teams are going anywhere. I feel like if you're Seattle, you just have to, you just have to maybe trade off your, some of your top assets and you know, that's going to include Russell Wilson and some of the, you know, some of your other top assets. Yeah. Transition. No, that brings me to my next piece of news, and we can kind of mesh all this together, but it came out again today. The Russell Wilson trade rumors are heating up. Granted, obviously it's after the trade deadline, so this is all speculation and nothing can happen until after the new league year starts, but it's rumored that he would be willing to go to the New York Giants, New Orleans, or Denver via trade. So those are three teams. I believe those were three out of the four from earlier this offseason outside of and Chicago. Yeah, Chicago, which Chicago was the fourth team fields, last so. offseason. So it's like you get enough smoke two year, two off seasons in a row. That's I mean, this isn't just coincidental. It's I don't think these can be discounted as BS reports anymore. No, I don't think this so. Is, this either. is coming. And I mean, this has to be coming from his agent or, you know, one agent talking to another agent and saying, hey, Russ wants to go back to, the, you know, go to the same three teams that he mentioned last week or last uh, last offseason. So and in if you look at New Orleans, I don't it's not like they have too many wide receiver weapons or anything like that, but they do still have Camara and their defense has been putting up pretty good numbers. That division is not that tough. I mean, how long are the Bucks with how old they are? Just that entire roster, how long are they going to stick around? I mean, unless Brady's going to stick around for, you know, another four years, which is possible. Yeah. But that division's at least a little bit more wide open. And for the Giants, I mean, Sierra, New York, kind of makes sense. They obviously need a quarterback, and it's it's the same teams. And Denver's roster which we've discussed before is just yeah. loaded. No, that would so be that, that that makes complete sense too. That would be the ideal landing spot for him as far as from fantasy. I think out of these three teams the one that makes the most sense is him going to the Giants. They've got two first round picks that are going to be inside the top 10 this year and that not saying that both of those would be included. I mean, it's going to take a lot to get Russell Wilson. I mean, from I, Seattle, I think you would but, have to include him. Yeah. If I you're mean, going after Russ, Probably, which I mean, that would be enticing for which Seattle is totally to something that the Giants should do. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. If you could get, I mean, Russell Wilson's not that old for a quarterback right now. He's still got quite a few years left in his prime. Giants have some young pieces to work with too. So I mean, it's not like they get a quarterback and then don't have any supporting cast. Obviously, they need to shore up their offensive line, but defense is yeah, middle of the road. I mean, it'd so be one not, thing if. It'd be one thing if he was traded to the Texans, where they have literally nothing, including no quarterback. Like, so they go get Russell Wilson. It'd be the same thing like last year when they had Deshaun Watson and they ended up going four and twelve. You know, I, at least in the at least on the Giants, they've like you said they've got pieces on both sides of the ball. Maybe the you know having maybe having a quarterback there also. And all the weapons that they have out at wide receiver, maybe that would be enough to get Saquon going as well. So, you know, back to hopefully back to his form 
as as long as obviously as long as he can stay healthy. But I don't know. I, I think that that would be the like you said, fantasy wise, that seems to be the ideal landing spot. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. All right. I think that will do it. We will recap. Uh, I guess it was a football game. It was entertaining <laughs> for uh, <laughs> to watch is, no, as it's, far it's, as the wind and it's, snow. It's, wing, and it's, wing, rain it's and... going back to like wing T football from like the 40s. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was uh, interesting to say the least. New England threw the ball a total of three times. Mac Jones had a total of 19 yards in the whole game, but New England Baller still ended up right winning there. the game, just running it. And I mean, you got to give credit to Bill Belichick. I mean, he just kind of goes with the flow, reads how the game's going to run, and it's why he's the best coach of the all time. Yeah, nope, but... he doesn't give he's, he doesn't give a shit if Mac Jones only throws the ball three times, and if Mac's going to complain. I only got to throw the ball three times. Well, you, everybody knows that's not going to go well over with Belichick. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Mac knows. <laughs> no. Mac is smart enough to know I can't complain about this. Yeah, and he, and he and and he also, you know, this post game, he's like, you know what? Honestly, I don't really give a shit because, yeah. I mean, he worded it more professionally, but you know, we got the win. That's all that really matters. Yep. No, and that is all that it boils down to. I mean, he's oh, a check this right out! Now. Call from uh, South Bend, Indiana, coming in. You think it's Notre Dame looking for a for a, uh, a you know for Marcus Freeman to add add uh, add on to his staff? Add me on. No, I think they're recruiting you for a long snapper position, Joe. <laughs> hey, I still take have that some as long as I get a scally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else you want to touch on from that Monday night game? I mean. Again, Damian Harris had a great game, busted off a 60-yard touchdown before he left with his hamstring injury. Otherwise, I mean, it was it was what you expected with the weather factors. I mean, you couldn't really get much going at all. It was cold, yeah, rainy, the, snowy, windy. It was it was ugly. Yeah, I mean, I the opening kickoff went into the stands. So that that pretty much set the tone <laughs> for the game right there. I saw some videos of their of uh, you know, their pregame field goals just getting blown all over the place. Uh, there was a 33-yard field goal that Buffalo took late uh, at some point in the fourth to try to make it a four-point game. Looked good as gold. Shout out to Robbie. And uh, not playing it, in this game. No, <laughs> but uh, it looked it looked great right away, and then it just you know last looked like the last you know few feet it had to go, and it just took off dead right. So. What a hell of a game from the kickers, and what a hell of a game for this Bills Mafia. For them to come out and actually, like, hang out in that weather. I mean, they're, they're, they're a different breed. They're just a different breed. Yeah. Just a, one last quick note. Who is the betting favorite for the Super Bowl? The betting favorite matchup right now. Bucks-Patriots. That's the <laughs> Vegas yeah. betting favorite. That would Brady be quite the storyline. Wouldn't that be, I mean, as I mean, if the Packers aren't going to make it, this is the game that I think every, this is the game that everybody wants to see. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be pretty, uh, interesting to say the least, I guess. I don't, a lot lower scoring than you want to see in a Yes, Super it would Bowl be though, for so. sure, but it would be, you know, storylines oh, would yeah. be incredible. Insane. We'd have content for, <laughs> uh, we'd have content for days. <laughs> right. All right, we will move into the Week 14 matchups. Uh, we previewed the Thursday matchup last time around, so if you want to check that out, check out our Tuesday episode. Otherwise, I will kick it off with Baltimore at Cleveland. This week we're going to tell you who we're going to start, and then each player we're going to go through and tell you where they fit into your lineup going into the playoffs. So, for example, if I've got uh, starting in this one for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. I think, obviously, he's a QB1 the rest of the season for you. So you can feel comfortable putting him in against Cleveland. Devonta Freeman's been getting a lot of work lately, so I'm comfortable starting him against Cleveland. Usually, AFC North battles, you want to get the run game going. He's been getting a lot of work lately. Rest of the season, though, flex play, depending on matchups. I'm not super excited about him, but... Baltimore does like to run. Latavius Murray hasn't been heavily involved lately, so definitely can roll out Freeman. This one, I think I'm good with Hollywood Brown. He's a flex play. He's a flex the rest of the season for me. Again, matchup dependent. Same with Rashad Bateman. I think in this one, you can. Cleveland's not that great against the wide receiver position, so I'm okay flexing him if you need to this week. 
Mark Andrews obviously is in your lineup every week. He's a tight end one for you rest of the season. And that's pretty much it for Baltimore. Um, Baltimore's next three games, uh, weeks 15, 16, 17, versus Green Bay at Cincinnati versus the Rams. So somewhat okay. Should be some high-scoring games in there for the most part. Cleveland's next three games after this one versus Las Vegas at Green Bay at Pittsburgh. A little bit of a tougher slate there. So for that reason, Nick Chubb's locked into your lineup barring an injury. He's an RB1 the rest of the season. Kareem Hunt is good to go. I have him as an RB2 flex play for you for the rest of the season. And then this game particular, David Njoku is on COVID protocol right now. So I think you can give Austin Hooper a go this week. Baltimore hasn't been that great against a tight end position, so I've got him in my lineup this week, and I have him as matchup dependent, though, not even a flex play. It's just depends on who they're playing and if Najoku's out. I'm not comfortable. We've talked about that numerous times throughout the week. I just don't know if I can. I don't even know if I want to start Hooper unless I have to throw him in or unless he does end up getting like a super sexy like streamer type of uh you know if you want to put him into like a streamer type of a role maybe but i don't think you can i don't even i don't even know if i agree on this on this particular matchup i i if you have to force him fine and yeah baltimore hasn't been great against the tight end but i i still i i just still haven't seen anything out of baker since he's got since he got hurt yeah and no i i that's agree the, that's that. the main it, hesitation on my end yeah, they've been getting production, though, week in and week out. Not great production, but back end of the tight end one production from the tight end position. It's just been split between a couple guys. Where that's why I think this week without Najoku there, that if you need yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, I can see that argument, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's so, I just, I just I'm not. I just, I, just can't, I just can't trust Baker. Yeah, no, and that's point, why Baker. Even with the tight ends. Yeah, Baker, I'm out on rest of the season. Cleveland wide receivers, I'm out on the rest of the season. I'm not even not even touching either of them to put into my lineup. Just one quick note on that Thursday night game, uh, Minnesota at Pittsburgh. Just wanted to, just wanted to do a, uh, just a quick reminder on the last episode. Uh, Josh and I came to a warm beer chug bet. Uh, he is betting that cousins will finish as a top 12 quarterback or better. I'm betting that he does not. Uh, my thought is that, you know, He's in prime time. Prime time Kirk is no good Kirk, but you seem to have a little bit uh, warmer feelings towards yeah. him in this matchup. I mean, he's the number eight quarterback on the season so far, and he's been playing pretty well the last couple weeks. So, so yeah. We'll see. All right, moving yeah. on to an AFC South matchup. Uh, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Not as fun of a matchup to watch, obviously, with no Derrick Henry, no AJ Brown, but it'd be kind of it. We'll we'll have to see how uh how this Tennessee run game if they if they can kind of keep it rolling. They had a great uh, week prior to their bye. Uh, Damien Hilliard went you know had a really really sweet game, and Deonta Foreman as well had a pretty solid game. So kind of interesting to see how they'll shake out for the rest of the season. Are you comfortable uh, putting either of them into your lineup? Or are you still sitting right now and waiting to kind of see how that shakes out? Because we've seen great games from Devonta Foreman, and then obviously Hilliard had that great game before their bye week, so it's kind of a little scary at least. Yeah, for me, I'm. I think this. So this is kind of what I'm thinking going forward. Right now, for this week, I'm okay flexing Hilliard. I'd rather have Foreman on the bench because I think because we, you know we saw Hill, Hilliard got the bulk of the carries and had a breakaway run last week. Also, more a little bit more involved in the passing game. So Hilliard, I'm definitely okay flexing this week. Foreman, I'd rather keep on the bench if I have. I, I think he maxes out as a flex play, but I think Hilliard could. I want to see it one more week if he can ball out like he did this week as you know kind of functioning as that rb1 in tennessee and the previous week when you know first week coming off the practice squad he had a relatively productive game if he goes and has a another great week i'm gonna say going forward you can put hilliard in as as an rb2 
Yeah. Is that is that an overreaction? I mean, we know Tennessee wants to run the ball, especially now with A.J. Brown out. Yeah, no, that's their bread and butter. So I think it's just a matter of them finding who that guy is to fill that Derrick Henry role, which, I mean, they're obviously not going to be Derrick Henry, but that's where they get the most success is being able to run the football, control the clock. So, no, I, I agree completely there. Yep, yep. Uh, on the as far as the Tennessee wide receivers go, like you said, Julio's back, uh, or at least he's off that. Uh, that he's on that. You know, activate. You can activate him within the next twenty-one days. I still don't want to put him in my lineup going forward. I even with AJ Brown out the next couple of weeks, I still don't trust Julio enough. We saw when AJ Brown was out earlier in the season that Julio still didn't do much. Yeah, and and even with you know with uh, again with. AJ Brown out. I still don't trust Julio enough. Now, AJ Brown is being placed on IR. He's slated to come back week 16. So that's going to be probably a championship or second round or, or, you know, semifinal round of your playoffs. And then he'll be back ideally in full for week 17, which for most leagues, that's going to be your title, your title game weekend. I can still only max him out though. As a wide receiver, too. Really, I could probably only max him out as a flex option. I he's been so inconsistent, even when healthy. He did have two bust out games, but then the but then the weeks after those two baller ass games, he hasn't. AJ hasn't really done much. I I mean, I I again, I I want to I want to throw him in at, as a wide receiver too. But can you trust him to? He's he's for me, he's not a lock as a wide receiver too right now even when he comes back. I don't think so either. I mean, it's like you said, he's been very inconsistent. And when he does come back, are you going to feel comfortable putting him in that first week into your lineup? I'm not. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why I say you can't. To me, downgrades him. For for me, he's, I guess, for week 16, maxing him out at a flex. But there's probably going to be some other better options because we don't know if he's going to be coming back 100%. I mean, his his injury, you know, anything that's sending you to the IR, it's not anything to mess around with. So, and, and, and there's no guarantee that he's even back for week 16. So I don't know. I, I can't trust him. And, and for that reason, I have to put Tannehill as hopefully as, as a QB two maxing out as a QB two, if not a QB three, he's got no weapons. He's got nobody to throw to. And yeah. you've seen, you've seen since you've seen since AJ went down, his numbers have dropped pretty hardcore. So I think I think for me, Tannehill maxes out as a QB two, but ideally he's a QB three, aka somebody you're not starting, even in a super flex. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree with that. Jacksonville side of the ball, the only guy that I've got that's that's even worth mentioning here is Vizca James Chanel. Robinson. Oh, I mean, dang. when he's fully healthy, <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, I just yelled Lavisca Chenault in there and. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dud of the season for on the Jacksonville side. Uh, no, I, I say the only the only guy that's really starter worthy when healthy uh, is is James Robinson. He can function as you know a low end RB two or low end RB one slash pretty steady RB two when he's fully engaged. I know this this past week it was split about fifty fifty between High Carlos Hyde and James Robinson. But that workload should increase for James Robinson, at least for for the next couple of weeks. If you're a Marvin Jones owner, plan on him being on your bench. And there's you know there's nobody else really worth mentioning uh, on the Jacksonville side of the ball. I don't think J- I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to be worth starting. I mean, we thought that he would be worth starting last week and against Atlanta, and he went for 148 yards passing. So he's he's off my radar at this point. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that on Jacksonville's side. Not uh, not much cooking there. <laughs> All right, on to my next matchup. It's going to be Las Vegas and Kansas City. They played a few weeks back. Kansas City was one of Patty Mahomes' better games of the season. Had, I believe, four touchdowns in that one. So, yeah, one of his better ones. This one, I don't have any surprises on either side of the ball. Josh Jacobs, you're starting in this one. He's RB2 status for me the rest of the way out. He's been pretty consistent for the most part not really any big boom games at all but the only reason I put him as an RB2 is the matchups at Cleveland versus Denver and then at Indianapolis so it's a little bit tougher of a matchup for the playoffs well, but he, 
I, I would say Josh fine. Jacobs has probably been, you know, from preseason predictions where he would fit as an RB2 up until now and really all season long as just a steady RB2. He hasn't really bounced around up or down from that ranking. He's just been a steady RB2 all season. Yeah. And I think you have to I think you can just continue to ride that out. <laughs> yep. Only other one I'm interested in on Vegas' side of the ball is Darren Waller. He's having a down year, but, I mean, just with the targets he gets, tight end one status, which, I mean, again, tight end one is one through 12, so it's not <laughs> a 12. Not I anything mean, special, but. Jimmy Graham top or got into the top 10 last week with one catch for one yard and a touchdown, so, I mean, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't take much to get in there. That's, uh, that's for sure. Woof. Yes. Kansas City side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes. I think you'll see a better stretch of games from him down the stretch. I've got him as a QB1 rest of season matchups at Chargers, Pittsburgh, and home against Pittsburgh at Cincinnati, games that they're going to have to put up points. And their defense has been clicking lately too, so I, I think that's a good combo for Mahomes to start get going, get into playoff mode. Clyde edwards Alaire's look pretty solid since he's cotton back. I've got him as an RB1 with those matchups. Chargers, you can run all over them. Pittsburgh is vulnerable to giving up some points on the ground, and then Cincinnati too. So I like Clyde for an RB1 the rest of the season for the playoffs. Tyree Hill. I do not. I am not in on Clyde. Not oh. as not as RB1. I don't think. How can I? Don't think you can. I I do obviously nice matchups, but how can you? How can you trust him? As RB1 status? He's been getting a lot more work the last couple of weeks since he's been back. So yeah, I, 54 yards rushing, 28 yards receiving, no touchdowns last week. I the pre you know, previous week was a bye. And the and then the week previous, yeah, he's had a touchdown, but still only 76 yards total. I mean, the, there there's a bit of an increase in total workload, but I don't know. I I don't say RB RB one status is just too, it, that's too high for me to put Clyde in there as RB one. That's that's high. That's 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 high for me. Yeah. I'm good RB two, but RB one's too high for me. Tyree Kill, I've got wide receiver two, maybe borderline one. He's just been extremely inconsistent this whole year, which is his mo. <laughs> that's pretty much every year, but it's a down year for him more so because of Patrick Mahomes having a down year. Check this out, Tyree Kill. Four of his drops, he's this is the most drops he's ever had in a season in his career. Four of them have gone off his hands and turned into picks. Four. <laughs> Think about that. That's that's crazy. That's, that's an insane like, number. I, it's like that happens like once a season for most receivers. Four. <laughs> Nuts. Yeah. That's a little insane. <laughs> That's for sure. That's crazy. Yes. Travis Kelsey, obviously tight end one the rest of the season for you. It's not taken out of your lineup. Others from this matchup that are relevant, Derek Carr, I'm not comfortable playing the rest of the season. After this, it's Cleveland, Denver, Indianapolis, not ideal matchups for the quarterback position. He's been up and down all year, so I'm not in on him and then I'm not in on any Vegas wide receivers either the rest of the season. No, I, I Hunter Renfro. I think PPR. I mean, he's been, he's been, yeah, PPR. I think he has to be an option. I mean, he's been ever since rugs, uh, you know, his, that whole ordeal and he left the team. Renfro has been pretty solid. So especially for PPR, I think he's definitely an option and I've been, I've been flexing him in and with, with some pretty good success. So I think he's a, at least a flex option. Moving on to New Orleans at the Jets. Uh, not super sexy of a matchup, but you should hopefully see some decent numbers on the ground game, uh, at least on the New Orleans side of the ball. Elvin Kamara's due back this week, so when and and we all know when Elvin Kamara is healthy, he's an RB one. He's been an absolute stud, and it looks like there's going to be no Mark Ingram this week, so. Unless that COVID gets from Ingram to Kamara, or to then it's then it's going to be Kamara's backfield all all game long. Are um are you concerned at all with his status with um, Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback with his potential inside the goal line area? So that's so there is 
there definitely is concern there, but I think because Taysom is has been a vulture in in the past, but I think AK is going to be ready to just just do work this week, and even if he, you know, maybe Kamara normally in a game like this could have potential for three touchdowns, maybe he only ends up with one and gets gets one stolen from Taysom, or maybe ends up with two with one stolen from Taysom. But I think that I think this Jets defense is obviously is obviously a sieve, and it's gonna. I think it's gonna be the AK show this week, and Taysom's gonna. Probably, like you said, probably have an opportunity to to run one in again. No Mark Ingram, so I think when Ingram is healthy, he's he. If if Kamara's there, Ingram maxes out as a flex option, not a very juicy flex option, but ideally he's on your bench. Uh, and then if if Kamara's out, flex slash RB two. But if, if Kamara's there, I'm not starting Ingram. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how Taysom does for the rest of this year. I I mean, is he QB? I don't think he's going to be at really QB1 status for a playoff team. I hope not. Um, yeah, I mean, have to have a bu- it just depends on what his rushing ability is. I mean, he's got that finger injury right now, but he's never finished outside of a QB1 in any start of which his is crazy due to his rushing potential. Yeah, which is which and that's that's what that's why he is valuable because of that rushing potential but yeah i mean we'll just have to kind of see now now with kamara back see how they're gonna try to work both of those guys in uh on the i'm and i'm i'm out for the rest of the season on any other and any other saint yeah no for tight ends or or wideouts bust bust of the year at least on the Saints side of the ball absolutely marquez calloway maybe we were just too damn high on him but (laughs) but he turned out to be just nothing. Yep. Jet side of the ball, Michael Carter is due back in week 15 as of right now. So week 15, I think that he may be a flex option. We'll kind of have to see. That's going to be something you're going to have to look at week to week. Uh, and then, But for weeks 16 and 17, assuming full health, I think he can function as an RB2. Before he got injured and once he really took over that, that running back role, uh, in at least you know full time, he was he was putting up some really sweet numbers. So hopefully, week 16, 17, he's reestablished himself as that lead back, and at that point, I'm good putting him as an RB two. Elijah Moore with no Corey Davis for the rest of the year, are you good putting him in as a wide receiver two for the rest of the year? Yeah, I'd say wide receiver two. Flex option slash flex, yep. yeah. Yep. Low, probably probably low end wide receiver too. Kind of hard yep. to trust him, just given that you know to you're not there's nothing guaranteed if you're gonna have him in, given the QB situation. But I think you know he's been putting up some really sweet numbers as a late. So wide receiver two for me is fine. Uh, but if you if you and then if you have the option to put him in your flex spot, even better. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, not a whole lot of jets for fantasy. No, that's that's it for sure. (laughs) All right. Before we get into our last matchup of this episode, part one, uh, Joe, would you like a dad joke or trivia? And we'll save the other one for Friday's episode. Let's go. uh, Let's go. Little little dad joke. All right. What do you get if you deep fry Santa Claus? Oh boy. Uh no idea. Crisp Kringle. <laughs> cheap <laughs> laugh. A That's a cheap Christmas laugh. <laughs> uh, dad joke there. All right. Uh, last matchup we'll get into on this episode Dallas at Washington. So they are facing off for the first time this season and this will be the first one of two matchups in the next three weeks that they face off against each other so they'll see quite a bit it's of each other it's gonna be an interesting uh, finish here. to uh that nfc east yeah no absolutely a lot well, riding two on top the line teams, there. So. this matchup starting dak i've got him down as a qb1 rest of season got matchups against after playing washington giants washington and then arizona so kind of a juicy schedule for him down the stretch hopefully he can get his full core is Arizona week 17 back. then yeah that would be championship week so a little bit uh tougher of a matchup but they're well, gonna have to see put where up Arizo- points, what so. Arizona's gonna be doing that week well eh, 
God damn, I keep forgetting it's 18. Yeah. Fucking 18-week 18 18. season just keeps screwing me up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard, I kind of have them just both in the flex category. I think they're both playable this week against Washington. And, it, it again, I don't – Zeke just doesn't look like his normal self that we saw towards the beginning of the season when he had some burst. I, he's obviously banged up. He said today he's playing unless they – physically pull him out of the game so <laughs> we'll see he that it's guy kind of he does not want to lose share, that starting role i think no, he just knows I if, if, I, if i give up any if i give up extra carries to pollard and yeah. i'm losing my starting role and i'm gonna you know who knows who knows what that's gonna look like from there so are you good with both them in the flex rb2 i was kind of borderline with them with zeke being rb2 i flex, would but probably say rb2 flex. flex with zeke because i do still think they're gonna try to give him the bulk of the work and he'll get goal line too, and he'll so. get the goal line stuff. Pollard's going to do enough though in Pat, you know, between the passing game and just his, you know, his electric runs, which he seems to have at least one kind of breakout electric run a game, at least when he gets decent, uh, a decent amount of touches. So I think he's flex worthy. I wouldn't put him into my RB two. I'd feel more comfortable putting Zeke into the RB two, but I think that I think Pollard is flex worthy. CD Lamb, he's been solid the last few weeks and just kind of gradually getting better and better as the season's gone on. I've got him as wide receiver one rest of the way out. Been getting just a ton of targets lately. Amari Cooper should be back this week. He was back last week in very limited fashion, but expect more of a workload for him, more action. I've got him as wide receiver two the rest of the season just with his inconsistency. I mean, it's very boom or bust for him. It's it's weird because because Dak's production – or at least when the Cowboys win, they win a lot more when Amari's on the field. And I don't know if that's because Dak feels more comfortable knowing that he's got Amari out there or if because if it's because then, you know, you've got two pretty baller receivers on both sides of the field or or what exactly it is. But, yeah, Cooper's two up and down. Lamb is definitely the safer fantasy play, no question. Dalton Schultz has been pretty solid and consistent over the course of the season, so I have him as a tight end one rest of the way out. Again, doesn't take much to get into the tight end one category, but he's been solid for you. Washington's side of the ball, Antonio Gibson I've got as an RB1 rest of the way. He's got matchups against Dallas twice and then Philly twice, so those are pretty nice matchups. He's been getting 30-plus touches a game, so, I mean, that's insane amount this of is what we running like back. when they when when flipper flipper allen uh what's his what's his first what's his actual kyle. first name kyle allen said preseason that they wanted to use him in the, this like cmc type of role now they're finally doing it you know now that he's fully healthy so super super refreshing to see and fine if you're a gibson owner and you held on to him you have to be pretty stoked that this is how they're going to be using him going into the playoff push Last one with this matchup, I'm comfortable starting this week. Not really more of a flex play. And I, it's crazy to say where we were talking him up all season, but I think he's no more than a flex at this point. It's Terry McLaurin. I mean, what a what a down year for him. No, which, he's been he's been the he's been, been the dad of that team. I mean, yeah, honestly, which, it's it's. I mean, it's quarterback play too, and it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Kind of I, a mess this there is no, this him, is. But. I don't think that you can fault Terry for these numbers. I mean, he's been no. He's he's the talent is obvious and you have to kind of wonder if Fitzpatrick was back there if he had ended up being healthy at all this season where Terry's numbers would be but with Heineke there you know it's it's just it's just limited anything yep. Heineke is just going to limit some production for for any receiver and this may have also contributed to Logan Tom not obviously the injuries, but even when Thomas had been out on the field, he hadn't been anything special. If it's Patrick's out there, maybe he would have had a completely different season too. So, just an unfortunate reality for for these receivers. Yeah, other people, Taylor Heineke, not putting into my lineup, even though matchups aren't terrible against Philly twice and Dallas, but he's just been too inconsistent. Not really any high potential for a big game from him. And then. I mean, Logan Thomas would have been locked in as a tight end one rest of the season for me with that playoff schedule. I've got Ricky Seals-Jones down as a low tight end one, high tight end two for this. He's just not going to get the volume that Logan Thomas would. He's still got good matchups, but 
you're going to be touchdown dependent with him or Logan Thomas, you'd still get a lot of yardage and catches. And Seals Jones did when he was, he was a little, he was quite productive when he first took over for LT at the beginning of the year when Thomas first went down because he was getting those, those red zone and end zone targets. So without, but yeah, like you said, he, that's, he's completely reliant on that. He's not really his, his, advantage over corners linebackers and safeties is his size which is really only it's it's kind of like Tunyon you know Robert Tunyon where they're not using they're not able to use him that much in the middle of the field but once you get in the red zone and can use that size that's when Seals Jones can take uh take advantage so yeah I'd, I'd agree with that low end tight end one tight end two probably more appropriate All right, that will do it for this episode, part one of our week 14 breakdown preview episode. We will be back with you tomorrow on Friday to give you the rest of the matchups along with our locks of the week. We'll update you on the standings there and provide you with our picks for this week. But again, thank you so much for listening. We can be found at Dead Arm Sports, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I can be found at JPEG Doss. L can be found at Doss Gel. Again, write us a review, screenshot that. We'll get you some sticker swag sent out in the mail. Write us any questions, concerns, comments you have. If you hate our takes or have any want more <laughs> clarification on anything, or let us know. Or if you hate us personally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shout us out. Yeah, roast us. I don't care. Do what, do whatever you want. Hey, we're we're here for we're here for us, not for you. Okay, if you hate us. <laughs> right. Where can they catch us at, Joe? Hit us up on Anchor, presenting sponsor. Always a great, uh, great site to give a listen on. And if you're into podcast, uh, podcast recording yourself, they're a great host. They're able to, you know, a lot of sweet editing tools, get all your episode titles, episode descriptions, everything out there. You can publish your episodes out in the future. Pretty cool feature. And, uh, and, and there, there are monetization options as well out there. So great, great uh podcast hosting platform they're also able to get our podcast out there on apple pods spotify iheart and google pods make sure you subscribe rate and review on whatever your chosen listening platform is take a screenshot of that written review shoot it over to us on our instagram twitter or facebook dms and we will we'll swag you out with some some dead arm sports goodies, a little little sticker action. Full free. Full free. Sticker, Again. I hardly know her. <laughs> Again, thanks, uh, thanks so much, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, we'll be, we'll be back tomorrow to recap or uh, preview the rest of week 14. And yeah, otherwise, Gel, what uh what message do you have to close us out today? Gotta go, Buffalo. 